welcome to the Mind Chimp Podcast. Hey man, welcome to the Mind Chimp Podcast. How are we doing? Very well. Good, good. Yeah, good, especially good. after that visit to the pub. <laughs> yes, yes. It's um, it's always good to have a have a beer in the sun. In the sun. Oh, wine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, as you can probably tell, listeners, um, this is one of my face to face ones. Um, Amanda was super helpful when I said, "Do you want to come on the show?" And we kind of aligned our kind of day. So yeah, having a beer is always good. But I am in a nice hotel room. Well, meeting room within a hotel. Um, to kill a sound I probably wouldn't have asked for this but Amanda stepped in and worked a magic so thank you for that no worries if you don't ask you don't get correct that's my correct. motto yeah. I love it so what I need you to do for me Amanda is I need you to pick four four numbers please from one to a hundred okay um one yep 33 okay 41 okay and 100 Awesome. We will come back to them a little bit later on down the line. You're going to tell my fortune? Hopefully. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, I'll tell you now, it's bright. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, but I guess before we, we jump into kind of these questions, I tend to ask my guests to tell me what their logline is or their summary. Um, how did you get on with that? You know, we had a chat about this before, and this is something I struggle with. And I don't know if it's an identity crisis or what it is, but... Um, you know, technically uh, what I tell people on my LinkedIn, what I tell clients is that I'm a learning transformation strategist, uh, which essentially means helping big companies change the way they do learning for their people uh, to get better results. But when it comes down to it, what I think I really do is connect people uh, within those organizations with other companies, with other individuals, basically whatever it takes to, to achieve that outcome. Bit of a fixer, maybe, like getting the room today. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I guess for me, when when someone says your name to me, I, I think you have so many skills you bring to the table. It's hard to do your logline, I think. I, I struggle to do your logline for you because you, you you do so many awesome stuff. It's not like you do one thing. You, you're so good at doing all these other things. Well, you should have just done my logline then. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next time. We'll next do time it. you can do it. So I guess... Before I jump into these questions, when you was a, when you was a young little kid, a teacher would come up to you and say, Amanda, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would you say? You know, it's funny. I don't think I knew it then either. I've always wanted to do so many things. Um, maybe it's because of curiosity. I've always been interested in, in many different things. And so it's hard to pick just one. I remember I had this book and it was like a Dr. Seuss, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I remember filling that in and I think I put artist at one point, a teacher at another point. And then I remember scratching it out. And I think I even had a, a phase where I put like millionaire or, you know, executive or something. And then going back to it, felt embarrassed that I was so materialistic and I scratched it out again. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I'm still, I'm still stuck. We'll okay, <laughs> and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But so I, I want to do a, a couple of things. So I'm going to give you a few random words, and I want you to tell me what comes to mind. Okay, now these okay. these words, you know, it's it's not overanalyzed. It's just instant. What comes to mind? Are you ready? Ready. So, so first one, digital learning. Buzzword. Okay. Um, classroom. Digital. Okay. And we'll do two more. L and D. 
dying. Okay. And digital transformation. Opportunity. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I guess kind of, you know, we, we know each other kind of from LinkedIn and then we've met at conferences and we, we, we talk quite a bit. But maybe for my guests who don't know who you are, maybe you could give us a bit of a whistle-stop tour and kind of, yeah, tell us where you come from and what you've done and, and literally the journey to where you are right now. Okay, so um, geographically speaking, I was born in the U.S., in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, then I spent, I, I moved to Spain. Actually, I live in Spain now, in Madrid, uh, about 20 years ago. So that's that's been a bit of a, a a bit of a leap, but professionally, always connected to education. Was a teacher once upon a time. Uh, I ran my own business for about ten years, uh, actually doing translation, interpreting, uh, a lot of other things, not totally related to education. But then I realized that my true love really was was learning, and I wanted to get back into it, and so and so I did, um, and wanted to take advantage of the opportunities presented by the new technologies. And I say new, this is when, you know, Skype was emerging, that kind of thing. And I thought, wow, you know, that could just really take education to a new level. So I've worked on the provider side, in fact, for um, a couple of different organizations. And then most recently decided to go independent, working in partnership, as you know, with uh, Laurie Niles Hoffman, uh, advising big companies on their transformations. Okay. So I guess... The, the leap to Spain. I want to kind of dig into that a little bit. Yeah. How how have you, I mean, in fact, maybe we go before that and go back to kind of, you know, your upbringing, but how did you find that transition going from, say, States to Spain and then living in Spain now and kind of coming over to the UK and stuff? How? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, people ask me, you know, do you have Spanish heritage? You know, did you, why, right? And I was just a bit of a freak. I always have been. So growing up in the Midwest, you know, my parents could not be more white, more Midwestern, more like Wisconsin, right? Okay. And maybe it's because they named me Amanda, which in the American pronunciation does sound like it's like Latino or something. And so I signed up, you know, for Spanish classes uh, when I was in middle school and was just always interested in other cultures. I think, and just opening up my mind. And so I had the opportunity to come over to Spain to do a year abroad, ended up getting offered a job and, you know, the rest is history. Nice. So Nice. But now you were asking me before, but are you commuting to the UK yeah. or what is your thing? And I spend a lot of time here, but really most of the work I do is not in Spain. It's, it's around Europe and, and North America. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, I, I think... One of the things what we do, and maybe this is more of a, a corporate culture question rather than necessarily an L&D one, but, you know, when we interview these people and we say, we want the best people for the jobs, and then you go in for an interview and you've got to demonstrate this best version of yourself. And actually, I think we should be saying to them, what does your failure CV, your failure resume look like? Yeah. So if I was to say to you, Amanda, what mm -hmm. does your, what's the one biggest thing in your failure resume? What would that be? Because I think you learn, I think we get more about a person and, and more about, Actually, we learn more from our failures than we do. So what would your your failure resume look like? And and this can be personal, professional, and it doesn't necessarily, it, it could be something 25 years ago, you know, it could be 10 years ago, it could be yesterday, crossing the road, it's up to you. It's a long list. I mean, <laughs> you know, you look at it and 
I always am hypercritical, I think, of, of myself as the number one, um, you know, target of my criticism. But if anything, I think I stayed away from, from learning for too long. So when I did have my own business, which was quite successful, uh, but it wasn't connected to learning for many years, um, I think that was a bit of a, a bit of a mistake. Okay. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So what's been your, your most recent success story? Again, personal, professional. My most recent success story. Um, wow. Well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, I should say, probably the last eight months or so since I decided to go independent, which is always a risk. Um, but, you know, being able to make that happen in, in a short period of time and being able to pivot and and really enjoying the work that I'm doing and adding value. I think that's that's what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So if I was to say to you, you have to give a li um, a book as a gift to five people, and this can be a book what you think everybody should read, or maybe it's a book what fundamentally changed your perception on life or whatever, what, what book would you recommend? Wow. Okay. I was thinking of recent reads, but you threw me for a loop there with life-changing books. Um, this is why people never come on the second yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, you know, it's okay. So I was, I was on a, a plane from Madrid to to London early, earlier today, and there was a really nice young woman next to me, and she's finishing her, um, sort of, you know, about ready to start university. And it was interesting. She said, "Yeah, my, you know, my parents really want me to be a doctor, but I kind of like philosophy." And so I was thinking about that and and what it means to to be a woman even today. So one book that shaped my life um, was, um, and this is not maybe for everybody to read, but The Second Sex by Simone de Beauvoir. Okay. Um, that really made me think about, wow, my identity as a woman. It's like the feminist kind of awakening, if you will. Okay, so I do not know this book. Yeah. So if you could. that That's pretty hardcore though. Okay, so, yeah. so kind of what was your, what was your, one of your biggest things taken from that book? kind of what, what you know i guess we talk about kind of why we remember certain things about books or why we remember our favorite teacher's name but but why that book kind of like what 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 one thing from that book did you take away the most because it made me realize that the experience of being a, a female of being a woman is distinct and it does mark your life and that there is a lot around that that you don't recognize yourself as as being different from struggling to articulate this but it, it's just this awareness of the fact that being a woman does shape your experience okay okay so i think i think the one thing what i'll probably say in lnd and and actually more mm. recently it's become more you know i think a, a good while back people say lnd is mainly male dominated and blah 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 and and it's they're all good shouts but i think the, the recently i've seen on linkedin kind of women in learning and stuff like that i think that's a really positive thing for for our industry i think but i guess the reason why i say that is kind of more around social media actually so you know we engage on social media quite a bit linkedin and whatnot yeah but what's your what's your take on social media and and, and maybe the question is is actually do you see social media as a net positive or a net negative to society so two things there. So one is about women in learning and one is social media. So the question is... Yeah, so the question is, yeah. is kind of the women in learning, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. And then I guess the follow-on is kind of separate to women in learning, but actually maybe it's because it's, it's, the channel is social media. What's your take on social media? Okay. 
deep. So yeah, no women in learning all about that. Um, I, I do think that there's a lack of, of women in top leadership roles. Yeah. Like pretty much anything else. Right. Um, and, and one of the factors maybe behind that has to do with something that social media hopefully can remedy, which is the networking piece, which is something that I also really love to do and, and help others to do as well. So because the internet is, is an open platform and you can reach out to anyone, which I do regularly, and, and I've really appreciated some of the relationships I've built that way, um, you can really expand your network. So um, social media, I think it's very positive. You know, um, this is a whole other conversation. Okay. Um, but when it comes to the possibility of learning from others that aren't in your immediate network or that you might not know, you know, certainly not physically and never have I think it's it's a world of opportunity. Yeah, definitely. So so, and 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 you know these questions are mm-hmm. there to kind of prompt and be a little bit provocative, and and sometimes they're there to kind of make you struggle. So, um, but <laughs> oh, if no. I, yeah, <laughs> but if if I was to say to you, football stadium, a million people is going to come out of a football stadium, and we're going to see this billboard, and this billboard you own. What would you put on that billboard? Don't ask me about football today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't get a flight to London because of the Champions final. You know that in Madrid, right? So that's why I'm sitting here on a Saturday. But the, so what? What would I put on a billboard in a football stadium? So it's, it's mainly what the people coming out of the stadium. You get this opportunity to kind okay. of to to shape or maybe prompt a million people yeah. to say, do, look, see, whatever. Okay. What, what would you put on that billboard? For L and D. For example, for, it could be for R&D, it could be just okay. personal, it could be anything you want. Uh, I think I'd say the time is now. Okay. What are you waiting for? Okay. That's a good one. That's a very good one. So it, this kind of leads me on to L&D then, I guess. So, you but know. That's, you're right. It's, it's not just for L&D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. that's And I think I like that because it, it, it's actually personal and professional. But I guess me taking it as L&D for now... But the time is now. So, you know, I think L&D as a whole takes a bit of a kick in every now and again. Sometimes rightfully, sometimes wrongfully. But where do you see L&D going? Like, given where it is now, what do you, and, and I don't want to say this, but what's the future of L&D? But like, yeah, like, you know, given, you know, obviously being sensitive to the fact that you might not be able to say who your clients are and whatnot, but... Actually, what's kind of the, where do you see L&D going and what's the problems you're tackling in L&D at the moment? So I, I think it can go in, in more than one direction. It's a bit of the, the choose your own adventure that we were talking about before. Yeah. So if L&D continues as is, I think it will die. Okay. And maybe that's why when you said before L&D and I said dying, I'm thinking about that. But there's an opportunity and that seems to be a leap motif here because I keep saying the word, but... If L&D, really right now, I think companies um, finally are realizing that it's mission critical to upskill their people, right? So if they don't make sure that they have the skills that the company needs to get to the future, the company itself is going to die. So the time is now for L&D to really transform the way it does things, the way it operates, the kind of you know roles it has within the, within the team too. Um, just the way it tackles learning. And, you know, we hear a lot these days about learning the flow of work and all of that stuff, but do it, right? I'm I'm kind of getting sick of hearing about it and and not seeing it actually happen. So so how could, if we've got, say, someone from, I don't know, maybe it's a head of L&D now, Mm -hmm. what what 
two two free pieces of advice would you say to give them to to do that? How, what would you say to them? Or how how would they? Well, I think the first one, and maybe it's because I come from a, a, more of a business development background. Really, it's do you know the strategy of, of your company, right? And and therefore, you know, can you say why your learning and development strategy supports what they're trying to do? If you don't know that you're in trouble. So you better figure it out because then you can't talk the language of business and you're not going to be able to sell any of your initiatives anyway. That's the first thing. Another thing I'd say, and, and unfortunately, most l organizations don't know, don't know what the strategy is and they don't even talk in those terms. Okay. 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 The second one I'd say is to take a long, hard think about your team. And yeah, you have the bench strength that you have. It is what it is, but you need to really be honest about how you're going to transform that team to get to the future. Okay. Beg, borrow, steal. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you that that's important. Um, and then maybe the last thing we you know hear a lot about moving from courses to resources, which I completely believe in, but how do you actually make that happen? And in order to do that, technology, yeah, it can help, but fundamentally you need to think about changing your operating model too. Okay. Okay. And and I reckon just that one piece could be a whole podcast to itself to change that. I, I was talking to Don Taylor this week at, at a conference and, and about that, in fact, and I said, you know, Don, I think it, this is the next big thing. Okay. I really do. I think, you know, changing the way we operate as L&D in a much more agile way to be able to turn around content and, you know, resources faster to respond to business needs, that's, mm -hmm. that's going to be very hot. So watch this space, then, eh? I would say so. Okay. Okay. And so, it's doable. That's the thing. It's something yeah. that you can actually do. It's actionable. It right? It's not it's not something, it's not a pie in the sky. Yeah. It it feels like I think the, the just hearing you talk about it kind of it doable is one. And actually I think it's doable and and um and it's realistic. It's like it's not like you turn around saying you need to completely rip up and start again. I think what you what you're saying is is like actually these are just realistic, simple changes. What what you should be doing because, like I say, if not, you're going to be dead and buried very soon. So, if I was to say to you, and again, this this is going to be a challenge one, I reckon. But <laughs> if I was to say to you, explain what you do to a five year old, how would you explain that? Well, I have a nine-year-old and 11-year-old and I still haven't managed to explain to them, <laughs> okay. so I don't know. But I, I, I help people learn better in companies. Okay. That, that's, the, that's my you know, version for my kids. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Some people really struggle with that. Like, I'm, I'm a firm believer if you can't explain it to a five-year-old then you don't really know what you're doing yourself. Um, so well done. Kudos to you. Or, or maybe a better point is help the people who are doing, you know, providing the learning for people yeah. in companies, right? Yeah, next level. There yeah. you go. So, okay. So, and and these these questions are, they're aimed at to be more personal, I guess. But can you remember the first time you ever got in trouble and how or why? The first time I ever got in trouble. Well, according to my mother, but she's known to to make up stories about, okay. <laughs> about my childhood. She she once once told me, actually my whole life, she said, your first sentence was, I need a cookie. Okay. Right? And said, This is you're so demanding. See, this was your first sentence. And then brought out my baby book not so long ago. And, and the first sentence is, I love you, mommy. Right? So she's not very credible. Okay. But 
According to her, my first big time that I got in trouble was that I crawled into my brother's crib and just bit him because he had colic and he <laughs> cried all the time. And I just got sick of listening to him and was probably jealous because he got all the attention. I don't know. Wow. Okay. But I actually remember that. So I don't know if it counts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's still there. It's still there. So I asked, um, I asked LinkedIn, a couple of people kind of, you know, if kind of, any questions I've got to throw to you? And it seemed really fitting that Laurie kind of sent one and it was kind of ask you where you got the nickname of a terrier from. So <laughs> so go for it. Explain that one. Yeah, she's been looking for my spirit animal for some time. But I think the terrier is because I, I am quite persistent. So when I believe in something okay. know, and, I, and I care about it, I see it through to the end and I'm a bit relentless. So I kind of like, you know, clutch onto it and, and make it happen. So. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. So kind of, I guess, I guess the, the thing what I'm kind of thinking about right now is kind of, we we talk about this thing of, of well, the thing of kind of people taking from marketing and people taking from comms and people taking from X, Y, Z and, and whatever else. But, but where do you stand on that? And, and actually, I kind of want to flip by and said actually thinking about this now. And I, I you know, one of the things is when when we're over at conferences and whatnot, it's just this thing of vendor, 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 vendor. And actually de- deciding who who's right, who's who's the right fit for your problem or whatever else. How if you could give any advice to kind of businesses and who are yeah. looking for vendors, how how what advice would you give to them to kind of picking the right one for the problem? How 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 do you how do you filter through all that? That's a tough one. And there's so many solutions out there in it. There's so many services, so many people that, that ostensibly could help, but how do you navigate that? And it's, it's, it's like a full-time job, just keeping updated, you know, with, with what's out there. So without sounding like I'm trying to sell <laughs> what I offer, I would rely on someone external who, who does have that vision, who, you know, is up with the trends and knows all the companies and know what they do. But then also someone who is going to take the time to understand your problems. So they're not just pushing a solution on you, but rather the right ones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is more about you and, and obviously I, I follow you on, on Twitter and LinkedIn and stuff, and I can see this stuff, what you're doing with Laurie and mm-hmm. whatever, but maybe you could tell us in detail kind of what a day in your life looks like. And, and you know, it can be professional or personal or, or both, but yeah, tell us what a day in your life looks like. Um, so the work that we're doing with companies, uh, has to do, as I said before, with helping them navigate how they're going to transform the way they do learning. And a lot of that has to do with, with making that shift from, you know, courses to resources. It's not to say that face-to-face is dead or anything like that, but how can we do more, more resources and less courses? Um, both of us, have spent some time with learning technology providers, especially myself. And so what we see is that companies, many of them think that technology is going to solve their problem. So a platform, you know, they come to us because they're either about to buy a platform or they've already just bought one, like an LXP or something like that. And then they realize, oh, oh shit. I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. And that's, that's the thing. So, you know, the technology is the visible 
piece, the tip of the iceberg, if you will. But behind that, there's so much more. It's, you know, what is your content strategy? What are you, what content are you putting into that platform? Um, do you have the right roles and skills in, in LND, in your team to be able to deliver on that new reality? Um, are you doing performance consulting? Are you using data as well, which is absolutely key. Um, the operating model that I mentioned before. So are you going to continue business as usual, a course catalog or an annual plan, or are you going to change that? Because if you don't, no platform is going to help you. And then the last dimension to that, that, that I particularly focus on is how are you going to sell it? So you can have the best initiative in the world, you know, transformation, you've got it all sewn up, but if you can't convince your stakeholders internally from the top senior leadership all the way down to the end user and the line managers and everyone in between, forget about it. There's a big commercial component as well that needs to happen to get the buy-in internally. So we help companies with that too, the business case too. Okay. Yeah. So... So what does the day in, in our life look yeah. like? It kind of depend on it depends on what is required. So sometimes companies will want us to help them with all of those things. Sometimes it will just be a bit. Um, occasionally it's it's a brain dump of a couple of days. Other times it takes months. It just depends. Okay. Okay. So at the start, I kind of said to you kind of some of these buzzwords and kind of, you know, what, what do you think to them? So and I might be wrong here because yeah. I've had I've had one beer, so my mind's gone fuzzy. But we said I think we said digital, and then we said buzzword. Explain that one. So, so why? Is, well, digital transformation. I think you said yeah. right, and it's yeah. funny because I even say I do digital transformation. But I feel like saying digital nowadays is kind of like saying you have it's mobile. Of course, it's mobile, right? That's the default. Um, and also, everyone's changing. So what does that mean? So that's why I say it's a buzzword. Okay. Mm. And I think one of them else, one of the other ones we said was classroom and we said, I think we said. And then I said digital. digital. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. at the same time, yeah, I think we have to move away from the classroom model um, and be, you know, take advantage of the technology for sure. Okay. Okay. This is good to know. This is good to know. They so, seem contradictory yet they are not. No, I, I like it. I like it. It's, it kind of gives you it's a good spin on it definitely and it's not e-learning eh by the way I'm not talking about storyline yeah yeah okay. so i remember when we had Lorian and, and i kind of wanted to get a triggered very quick so i put e-learning straight away i was like let's just watch our this show her an avatar and she will <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so She'll go crazy yeah no definitely definitely so a couple of these questions now we're going to get a bit deep okay um and they're probably going to need a bit longer answers because well the deep questions so I'll start with this first one. Mm -hmm. Do you even like yourself? Do I like myself? Oh my gosh. I think so. I think I'm pretty happy with myself. Always, you know, it's a work in progress, right? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, sorry we interrupted your podcast, but we just wanted to let you know about Vendely, where finding learning has developed. At Vendorly, we understand the pain points of looking for reliable vendors and securing new clients. We've created a platform to help you with this, save you time and help you flourish. We want you to be the first to see it. So head over to vendorly.co.uk and take a peek. That's Vendorly with a double N. We talk about kind of, you know, you are, you are the people who you're surrounded by. Hmm. So if I was to say to you, who's, who's, if I have to say, actually, 
recommend me five people who I should either follow on social media mm. or get to know. And it's hard because obviously you're very well networked, let's say, and you know lots of people. But what f- what five names would you give me? Only five. Only really? five. I mean, oh. to be honest, usually I've, I've limited it to three, but I'm, I'm being nice <laughs> today. <laughs> I think it depends on what you're trying to achieve. I mean, that's that's when it comes to connecting, that's what I try to do. It's not just randomly saying, hey, these are you know smart people. It's who are you? And how can mutually you, you know, benefit from one another? How can you learn from that person? So the people I would recommend for you would not be the same that I'd recommend for others, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to push on this one. Yeah. So maybe it's five people in L&D who are challenging the ideas of L&D. So okay. not necessarily specifically one thing or another, but actually just the general of L&D. Okay. Um, I've really, oh my gosh, you should have let me prep for this one only five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I have to, have to cite my partner, Lori Niles Hoffman, of course, you know, I've had a brain crush on her since before we met and now I'm, I'm lucky to, to call her my partner. Um, I would say a very brilliant woman who I had the pleasure of spending the week with, in fact, in Madrid for an event is Trish Uhl. Okay. Um, particularly because of how much she knows about data and analytics and all of those things that are really hot topics right now. But she also really does bring it down to earth and, and, you know, make it something understandable for the industry. Okay. Um, who else would I say? Um, Yourself, Danny Seals. Oh, nice. So Danny and I were talking about the another hot topic, uh, not just because it's a trend, but because it's necessary, which is learning experience designed for learning. And I feel like that's something that it's still um, an evolving genre that somebody needs to own. So follow Danny and you can learn about that. He's going to be talking about it a lot later <laughs> in the near future, I think. Thank you. Yes. Um Bianca Bauman is a good one, who's actually a colleague of yours, I think, at, at GP these days, uh, yeah. because of the connections she makes between marketing and learning. Okay. And also, okay. Uh, I'm very pragmatic, so I like the fact that it's very actionable. Right? Yeah. It's very, these are tactics that you can apply to learning. Um, and maybe on the corporate side, let me think. Um uh, so another colleague and friend uh, who we also were talking about earlier today would be uh, Peter Reaver, uh, who okay. is recently joined uh, Novo Nordisk. Yeah. I think he'll do great things there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to meet Peter quite soon. I'm, I'm meeting Bianca next week, but by the time this comes out, I'll have already met her. So this is like me predicting the future. Hey, Bianca, it was an absolute pleasure to meet you. So yeah. when, you know, when she is this, she's a, she's a smart cookie, as my mother would say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I tried to name some names that might not be as familiar as well. Cause I, you know, <coughs> excuse me, that we tend to kind of go back to the same, the same ones as well. Yeah. And and this kind of actually, <coughs> this, um, this has actually just put me to have another question, but in our industry, we, we see the same names over and over and over again. And Actually, you know, there's these other people who have got great ideas and, and, you know, you just mentioned a couple there kind of who who aren't, you know, well-known or are doing different things. But what do you think L&D could do in order to empower them people and their voices and then 
them new ideas, you know, because I think, you know, you see at conferences a lot of time, it's the same names talking, the same names presenting and, and whatnot. What do you think? Like, I, I understand there's an element of, well, tickets need to sell and these names sell and, and whatnot. But what do you think L&D can do to kind of give power to them other voices? Um, I think social media really helps, you know, because it does provide a voice and a forum for people that might not be tapped on the shoulder to talk at conferences. Um, but also I would say that some of the people behind organizing, you know, some of the biggest conference conferences, whether it be ATD or learning technologies or, or some of the other ones, um, I think they should be braver. They try to strike a balance, I think, between, forward thinkers and disruptors and other individuals that are kind of representing the status quo because they're afraid that they might alienate the the bulk of the industry uh, or call the baby ugly, if you will. And I think that they should just be bolder and go for the disruption. Okay. Okay. There you have it. Go for the disruption. So, and this is more about you now. So I guess kind of tipping in and out of L&D and not L&D, but, you know, con- idea, let me, let me, your 80-20 is what I'm going to get at. But so for an example of your mobile phone, mm-hmm. 80% of them contacts, you'll only dial 20% of the time. However, you'll have 20 contacts who you'll dial constantly. Yeah. So applying that 80-20 to your life, what's your biggest life hack? And this could be your hacking your day-to-day role, your professional, your personal What's your biggest thing? What saves you time? What saves me time? <coughs> Excuse me. What saves me time? Um, I'd say motherhood. <laughs> okay. Just because it makes you have to be super efficient and prioritize because you just don't have that much extra time. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, when I'm thinking about, is this worth it? You know, first of all, you know, do I have the time to do it? Is this really something that should be prioritized? And if not, it goes to the back of the line. Okay. There you go. Motherhood. I have no kids, so I can't relate to that one. I'll just take your advice on that for sure. (laughs) I don't know if that's a life hack. I don't know if (laughs) you recommend it. Yeah. I love loads of kids. I'd be like, Amanda, you know, it doesn't seem to be working out for me. I've got five kids now. What do I do? Um, But kind of when we look at kind of this, this it, it's easy and I guess in, in in your life especially when you're traveling quite a bit and whatnot I, I reckon it can get quite busy and, and when I say busy I mean busy in your head you've got these ideas and whatever else how do you quiet the noise and maybe it's a noise in your head or how do how do you take yourself out of the hustle and bustle of, of day life and kind of slow it down I was hoping that you were going to tell me how to do that oh, I am I'm not figured that whatsoever <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, try as much as I can to separate, you know, work from life and relax. Um, that's, again, a work in progress. Wine helps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wine. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's the biggest life hack in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, I like this podcast because it's going to be a short one. And I like it. It's very efficient, which then goes back to your thing, which you were saying right at the start about being efficient and actually kind of, I I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I kind of like that it's it's a more efficient podcast. I'm I'm feeling this one. But 
kind of kind of going back a bit full circle and you know we we never really we never really like stop at development at developing ourselves and this is this thing where we're just constantly developing as you well know so if i was to say to you amanda what what do you want to be when you grow up now what do you want to be i have no idea okay because i think that's something that's it's constantly evolving I'm happy with who I am now, as long as I stay curious and I'm always reaching for something more. Okay. So given your, your background in LD mm-hmm. and, and I'm making the assumption that it's someone new coming into LD, what five tips would you give to someone who's, who's new coming into it? So I've got no background in LD right now and it's the start of their adventure. What, what tips would you, would you give to someone new? Um, I would say just look anywhere but L&D for inspiration. <laughs> That's horrible to say, but I mean, you know, look at other disciplines within the organization and, and learn as much as you can. Um, yeah. And, and then also just the power of the network really. And I think that goes for any, any industry, any, any profession, but to don't be shy, reach out to the the people that you think are smart, connect with them, follow them on social media if you can learn as much as you can from them okay sound advice definitely so at the start of the show i asked you to pick some numbers and these numbers kind of tally up to some random items now okay let me set the scene you're (laughs) on a desert island oh gosh and you've managed to find these four items and i need to know what you're going to do with these four items on a desert island so your items are okay you pick these numbers remember Yes. A condom, <laughs> a piece of chalk, some stockings, and a, an iPad charger. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need a glass of wine. <laughs> uh, a condom, an iPad charger. Yep, a piece of chalk, and some stockings. I think I would <laughs> Honestly, I think it's it's time to just jump in the water. I mean, what are you going to do with that, right? <laughs> You're alone on the island, right? So the condom is a bit useless. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. Nowhere to plug in the charger. Yeah, pointless task again. What about the chalk? Would you do anything with the chalk? What mm. would I do with the chalk on the island? Really? Mm. Yeah. So tr- are these are these the items everyone gets? No, no. Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, you've got some hard items there. To be honest, I. I you know, I'm not suicidal, but seriously, that's a, that's a hard, <laughs> a tough combination. Okay, so we know you're just going to swim for it. Let's say that you're just going <laughs> to swim. I might just swim for it. Just yeah, go for it. Yeah. So where where can people find out a little bit more about you and 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 kind of what you're up to and and yeah, where can we kind of keep up to date with you? Yeah, I suppose social media wise, I'm most active on LinkedIn, although. I, I probably could put more stuff out there, but I would just say, Hey, reach out. You know, my email is, is on there. Amanda.nolan at gmail.com. Just reach out and I'm always happy to connect with anyone. So. Awesome. Well, Amanda, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Yes. It's been good. Thank you for bringing your kit all the way over to Paddington. It's what friends do, right? Yeah. No worries. Yeah, all right. Thanks fun. very much. All right. Bye. Ciao. Together.